Fair use. John Holmston, a retired CIA agent, has admitted on national television that hip-hop was a psyop invented by the CIA in the 1980s, and the agency has directed and financed household names, including NWA, Dr. Dre, Jay-Z, and Kanye West. The government at the time spent big money on this covert operation designed to corrupt the American youth to nihilist anti-establishment and anti-American ideologies, and sow division in America. He explained in a half-hour interview broadcast on national television. Before we establishment lyrics were intended to unleash a wave of cynicism towards authorities, glamorize the use of narcotics, and entice the youth with revolutionary counter-establishment ideas. The retired CIA agent claims that social engineering PSYOP was extremely successful, particularly with left-leaning young Americans who, according to Holmston, have been completely brainwashed with anti-American messaging. We understood at the time that music was a powerful means of propaganda to reach the youth, explained the 77-year-old man. Our mission was to use teenage angst to our advantage and turn Generation X into a decadent pro-drug and anti-establishment culture that would create uprisings and further division within society. We even infiltrated mainstream radio to promote their music and reach millions of people every day, he admitted, visibly proud of the accomplishment. For many of us in the CIA, infiltrating the 1980s hip-hop scene was one of the CIA's most successful experiments of propaganda to date, he acknowledged during the interview. You could say Frankenstein's monster got up off the table and started goose-stepping. The retired CIA agent who was granted a Russian residence permit in 2011 also claimed Leah Cohen, commonly known as the tall Israeli who runs hip-hop, is a CIA asset, as are many of the household name artists he signed and promoted. When it comes to engineering engineering culture, no one touches Leah Cohen, Holmston admitted. The music industry is crawling with household names who are actually CIA assets, according to Holmston. And we've got the receipts. But first, an important word from our sponsor. ...for decades. Agree. Like when I, I connect dots that maybe shouldn't be connected, I don't know. But certain dots, like when I see that they put every black man and the movies in a dress at some point in their career. I'll be connecting them down, like, why all these brothers gotta wear a dress? That's happened to me. I'm doing a movie with Martin. Yeah. The movie's going good. So I walk in a trailer. I'm like, man, this must be the wrong trailer because there's a dress in here. <laughs> they come in. It's the writer comes in. I think he's the writer. He's like, Dave, listen, we got this hilarious scene where Martin's sneaking out of jail. So he disguises you as a prostitute. <laughs> and you put this dress on, and it, huh? What? The prostitute? No, nah, I'm not doing that. I don't feel comfortable with that. That should have been in a discussion. What? You don't feel comfortable with it. I mean, it's a hilarious bit. All the greats have done it. So, well, if all the greats have done it, it's kind of hacky, right? You're a writer. So why don't we just not do it? Because I don't feel comfortable wearing a dress. Oh, come on, Dave. Listen, we, we got it all set up. We're supposed to shoot. Every, every minute your waist costs this much money, you know, the pressure comes in. Huh. He said, I'm, nah, I'm not wearing no dress, man. I'm funnier than a dress. Just give me something funny to say. I don't even wear no dress to be funny. What am I, Milton Berle? Ba, 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 ba. You know, we're going like this. And then finally he's like, ah, and he, he leaves. And then, like, the director comes, David, really would be great if you wear the dress. What is wrong? What is this, a uh, broke back mountain in here? So, <laughs> so then... <laughs> Wear the, wear the dress. I don't want to wear the dress. I want to wear this dress.
a music industry executive who was present at the first meeting between CIA and music industry executives has written a confessional letter detailing exactly what went down on that fateful day. To access a video detailing that letter. What my story showed was that the cocaine that was being sold in those neighborhoods uh, was coming from mainly one source. And this one source was being used to finance a guerrilla war in, in Central America. The general idea of the CIA dealing drugs um, was something that the American mainstream press had never written about before. And that's why it prompted outrage among blacks, among drug reform activists, among uh, politicians, by the CIA, by every federal agency involved in the drug war, because it showed they weren't doing their jobs, that it was a fraud. Right after we published the stories, um, the, the support we got from the media was very favorable. Um, Newsweek magazine did a big piece on the story and said it was well documented and well researched. The website was getting like a million hits a day. Um, there were marches in, in Watts, there were marches in Compton, there were candlelight vigils. Uh, every California senator demanded an official investigation. Uh, so the story itself was really building momentum. The government reaction was no reaction. And this, I, I believe, was a, a very careful strategy because nobody was going to believe the government if they came out and said, we didn't do it. Um, the proof was fairly overwhelming since we had all these government documents showing that, they, that it had happened. So what happened was they let the so-called liberal press speak for them. And they had the national security reporters at the Washington Post, who coincidentally used to work for the CIA, uh, write stories saying it doesn't mean anything. It was a, a distraction from what the story said, and it became sort of a media war uh, between the Mercury News, which stood behind the story at that point, and the rest of the establishment media who wanted us to back away from it. He wasn't joking about the mainstream media circling the wagons around the CIA. Take a look at this outrageous New York Times headline. The mainstream media hasn't changed. They are still being employed to shoot down legitimate news stories, like the Hunter Biden laptop from hell story, and the pedophilia epidemic sweeping the world, to confuse the public and distract them from the real agenda of the elites. But the elites were not satisfied with merely corrupting America's youth, sowing division in society and flooding the streets with crack cocaine. They also wanted to enrich themselves further while separating families and driving much of the country into grinding poverty. The CIA worked in tandem with the music industry elite to create a funnel in which young people would be indoctrinated with brainwashing gangster rap music, introduced to a life of crime and then delivered to the highly profitable private prison system. In order to create this funnel, the CIA introduced music industry owners to the private prison industry. Once the funnel was in place, the system was a lock. What if I told you that some of the biggest music companies are in cahoots with private prison owners? And that the rap music we listen to is not only meant to entertain, but to verbally and visually support criminal behaviors that funnel disenfranchised people into these private prisons. Lastly, what if I told you I have proof? 
In 2012, CoreCivic, formerly known as Corrections Corporation of America, the biggest name in the private prison industry, contacted 48 states offering to buy their prisons. One requirement of eligibility for the deal was particularly strange. An assurance by the agency partner that the agency has sufficient inmate population to maintain a minimum 90% occupancy rate over the term of the contract. Wait, dragon? What? What kind of legal and ethical measures could be taken to ensure the maintenance of a 90% prison occupancy rate? Now let's work together to connect these things. So basically, you know, um, <laughs> ah, so this was, um, this is slavery, you know, and they have to find a way to brainwash you. And hip, hip hop is music can be brainwashing. Okay. And it can be religious. Hip hop has a temple of hip hop dedicated to it. KRS one said that that hip hop is religion. He even had a hip hop. Hip hop has its own Bible. That's to tell you something. All right. Um, people want to try and take this and try to make it a good thing. No, nah, man, there's no way to make this good. There really isn't. There's, there's no way to do that. It is basically. Um, it's too it's too far gone and people are not going to listen to anything positive when it comes to that negativity sells when it comes to hip hop that is it and it's feeding the prison the private prison industry so think about that when you want to bump to Jay-Z or Rihanna or um any of these artists now think about that it's used to brainwash the youth so I'm sure you're a smart person. It won't be long. Let's do the work. In 2012, a mere 232 media executives were responsible for the intake of 277 million Americans controlling all avenues necessary to manufacture any celebrity and spark any trend. Time Warner, as the owner of Warner Brothers Records, can not only sign an artist, but since they're also owners of Entertainment Weekly, they can also put an artist on the cover by next week. You think you choose what you listen to, but do you? Both BET and MTV belong to Viacom. Okay, okay, now I know that's not news. To wow. So this is explains all the crappy artists that are coming out now that you really despise and really don't, you know, back in the day, you could actually understand the lyrics. Now you barely can't. And these are really terrible artists. Terrible. Some, but when the use of these media conglomerates is cross-checked with ownership of the biggest names in prison privatization, it's starting to get a little fishy. The largest holder in Core Civic, formerly Corrections Corp of America, is Vanguard Group Incorporated. Vanguard is the number one largest holder in both Viacom and Time Warner. Vanguard is also the largest holder in the GEO Group, the second largest owner of private prisons in the U.S. The overlap in private prison slash mass media ownership is disturbing. Let's make this clear. The people who own the media are the same people who own private prisons. The exact same people. They make money from getting so-and-so from the hood to glorify the life they live. And they don't care about the impact it has on others because money is the motive. Then when the music influences others in criminal behavior, they make money from all the impressionable low-income people of color that are expected to go inside their private prisons. The global elite have been toying with humanity for centuries, but more and more people are taking the red pill and waking up to what's really... 
and that's what it is. Okay. That is what's going on. So it's not, oh, it's just music. I mean, if you are a person that lives in the burbs, you know, a good home, a black person that comes from a good home. Yeah, it's just music because you have a father and a mother that will both tag team and tell you to turn that off. That's not good. And you know that if you even emulate any of that stuff in that type of environment, you are in for a rude awakening because they care about you. Okay, as compared to a person who grows up in a single parent home. Okay. The the chances of you becoming a product of that music is incredibly high. So it's sad, but this is the way it is. So your favorite artists, they're not your friends. Kanye West, you know, Jay-Z, Dr. Dre, NWA, the CIA has been behind them. They're not your friends. They're your enemies. And they sold out the black community. You ever wonder how is it that, you know, every time we have black people standing and speaking on behalf of the African-Americans in this country, blacks in this country, they always got to be an entertainer. They always got to be a celebrity. Ever think about that? Meanwhile, other groups, ethnic groups, they don't have that. They don't have entertainers speaking up for them. They know their place. They're an entertainer. They sit down. They be quiet. They let people who actually understand um, about politics and what they're ethnic group is going through in their environment. That's something to think about. All right. Later.